We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instinct Heart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We're back once again. Andy Lou, Samus Fendiari, Light Years Pod number. It's the it's the Snake episode. Oh, <laughs> number thirty-five. It's too bad that he couldn't play, but yeah, it's his episode. I was looking down the line in terms of people that also wore thirty-five. We got some good ones. Did you check that out? I didn't. The um, janitor. Oh, Cardinal, the custodian. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wrong. It janitors it. You're so on PC. That's that's not appropriate for 2018. <laughs> well, then I can't say dump here then uh, for the other one. That's 35. Oh god. Oh, you're right. Yeah. No. I mean, the 30s in general. Um, saw, like, there's a lot of NBA players who are between 30 and 35 throughout history, specifically big men, and yeah. nothing. Uh, Warriors history is just littered with trash big men. I feel like we've done that every week. I mean, every single episode we've done, we've just named some guy that was on the team that was terrible. And we just kind of like, yeah, yep, they were terrible. And all right, let's talk about who they played this week. This is what we've done every week. Yeah, well, I mean, they have had a lot of terrible players. But, you know, things change. Things change. Now they got KD. So he is a big. That's what he was for, what, the whole stretch without Steph Curry. He pretty much played defensive four and five. I think, and they finally had to hold him out on this one. Um, yeah, I don't think. I mean, like, uh, 
I got some pushback on saying the load he had to carry was no player could carry for a full year. Uh, but I really do stand with that because like Katie, Katie could put up Westbrook, Harden, LeBron numbers and dog it on defense. You know, if you asked him to just kind of create everything and just be like the focal point of the offense. Uh, but he wasn't asked to, he, he, he also had to carry the entire interior presence of the defense during that stretch. Yeah. Cause like Draymond missed, Draymond missed more games than he played during that stretch. So I, I don't know of anyone who, who can, who's asked to score 30 points, like initiate most every play and be the interior defensive presence, you know, like that, that's even harder than doing what Kawhi has to do. Right. And people don't watch for defense that's the thing i've noticed well i actually i when i first started watching basketball i didn't either i mean and it's hard to because you don't really want to care about it because nobody cares about rotations nobody cares about where they should be or not many people even know where they should be right you kind of know where you should be on offense like hey you should be rolling here you shouldn't be here and it's very it's very obvious when someone like cuts right into the middle of the play in a way that they shouldn't like bro you just ruined that play yeah, it's a little and, it's a little less obvious when someone is, you know, just kind of standing in the corner on defense and moving in to get a rebound instead of like, you know, checking off and rotating in ways they should be. That's that's I think when you want to understand why people don't know, it's like, hey, people don't understand why Draymond Green is a top 10 player or even top 15 or Andre Iguodala isn't one of the people don't understand that he's one of the best defenders in the league. It's kind of like that or even that Stephen Curry. Um, is someone that is in the right spots. He's just not really um, athletically there or that Clay Thompson can play defense as well. Yeah, so Steph's a Rudy. He's just maximizing every physical. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. They took him off. Him to, I mean, like even Chris Paul today, we're, we're going to segue into the, the Rockets game, but the Warriors won. We're recording this right after the game. Um, the Rockets took, Chris Paul off Steph pretty much the entire second half. So when you're talking about guys that stars on other teams where you don't want to expend too much energy, it's it's that basically. They just don't want to put their guys to play defense because offense is more important, uh, you know. Just I mean, overall. you're always if, – if you can, there's nothing wrong with it. If you can put your star player in a more relaxed defensive setting, uh, it's always better. And that doesn't mean they don't play defense. It's just like asking, let's say Westbrook – Instead of having him guard Steph, you want him, you know, on let's let's go back to like when the words had Harrison Barnes, right? Like you're, where you're just like, all right, just make the rotations. But like, you know, majority of possessions, you're not going to have to expend too much energy. Just using that as an example, that's completely the smart coaching move, right? Yeah. And look at what the Cavs do or did. Actually, that's exactly what they did. That's actually how they won. And then you come down the line here and we start to criticize people where it's like, hey, dude, like LeBron's got to guard Durant at a certain point, right? At least that's that's what I say. But I think when um, you say you take the you take your star player who you're counting on to like drive your offense off the main guy, that doesn't mean you, they can't you want them to do nothing on defense. That just means like you're asking them to make rotations on the weak side and just like be subtly engaged and kind of do what they need to do to not ruin the team defense as opposed to, you know, asking them to kind of like hound a dude and expend all their energy. 
you know, that's also, that's funny because Steph does too much of that, like the opposite. Like he wants to hound the guy. And then remember in the 2016 finals when he, for some idiotic reason, he wanted to switch every single screen and row and he would end up on LeBron every single time, no matter what. Um, even though it's like, dude, like they're waiting for you to switch. You don't actually have to do it. Well, I but think the reason, the, like, I, I think the reason the Warriors did that, because a lot of the switching didn't wasn't really that big of a problem in my opinion in that series I thought it was um it was more about like protecting the weak side instead of like having uh Iguodal fight over the screen and just giving LeBron a lane I thought a lot of it was like just stand in front of him make him force a shot while we like make a wall behind you yeah but then he got in foul trouble and that threw that's much true too. That, that was was you know tough but whatever we're not going to rehash 2016 nba finals we're we're on to greener pastures now um the warriors without durant tonight and the rockets without harden uh one of the games were kind of fed into how we criticize the rockets this year right just in terms of their offense yeah it's just i i mean they have the best plan A in the NBA. They play to the strengths of maximum efficiency. You know, they try to push the pace. They put two elite players in pick and roll. They space the floor and basically everything leads to a three or a layup. But that works against most teams, but then there's just no layers to it. And it just kind of leads to chucking if your team is good enough to stick with you, with them on that, which is, I mean, to be fair, there's probably only like five to seven teams who are capable of, you know, sticking through that first punch. You know, you know what, though? I, I was thinking of this uh, yesterday when we were talking about this in these last couple of weeks watching the Rockets, especially with James Harden. You know what, for me, too? I think it's that they can't shut it off. I think Mike D'Antoni's offense actually allows people to prosper just in terms of confidence, shooting wise and getting to the rim, that you can't just expect them to dial it back down to where it's like, hey, we should play smarter basketball. We shouldn't jack up threes when the other team is going on a run and let this get away quick. I don't think that's mentally possible um, for these guys. Not that they're dumb. I don't think they're the smartest team. But just because D'Antoni allows these guys to play that quick, that fast, to allow them to play that well, then all of a sudden it's like, well, you can't just dial it back now. You know so what I mean? It's, it's kind of like Draymond Green. So it's like, yeah, no, it's actually Draymond's a perfect example, like where um, Kerr was always trying to wind, you know, kind of like dial it yeah. back with him. He's like, dude, if you get if you get too far to the edge, no one's going to be able to control you. And Kerr was right in that situation, yeah. but it does kind of feed into like all that mindless stuff that Kerr does during the regular season, like back cutting and like setting screens and getting other guys involved, which like they really don't need to do against Dallas on a Wednesday, you know, but like the whole point of it is, is establishing habits. No, that that's what happened there in the fourth quarter, right? The bench came in and they had Iguodala passing to David West or to Kevon Looney there at the end of the third quarter. It's like these guys that don't play that often or aren't playing well in the cases of Iguodala are still able to get guys on back cuts, off back screens and things like that this is when very, it comes uh, down to it. This is very Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich where it's like all about the process and like, you know, it, it doesn't – they can just run Steph and Katie out of pick yeah. and roll every play if they really want to. But like, what if they run into that one team who can actually switch that and stymie it a little bit, right? Like, then what do they do? That's kind of what happened to them in 16. You know, they kind of just went on a huge run 
and no team had a counter for it until until they started coming up against it and they they hadn't really gone deep enough into the offense and kind of developed the layers that they needed to um which at least like those coaches will tell you is is kind of important because you're at some point you're going to hit some sort of wall and i know you you and i were listening to the uh, one of the podcasts that uh we have here on leverage to chat with david griffin on um that they were saying they ran Steph down like he was run down he was tired he was injured and they had to grind him down just to get to the point we were talking about where it was just a one bucket difference like of all the breaks that cleveland had they were trying to make and the warriors playing bad it was one bucket that was but the, the difference yeah, that, that points they kind of knew that the warriors if they got stuck in a hole all they they would just go to the the high pick and roll right they knew that was the warriors bread and butter and 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 they knew Steph was banged up. They'll they'll admit it. Well, yeah, got people who people who've left the organization who don't have to pretend that they were the better team will admit it. <laughs> but um, it, it it was like it's that whole thing about you know if you if you have extra layers, you don't have to go to that one move because if that one move is not there, you're screwed. Yeah, um, I. Th- Oh yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying it's to the. But nowadays it's kind of a moot point because it's if that one move doesn't work, they'll maybe lose one game, but they'll never lose four. You know, like back then they could lose two or three. Now it's like, you know, they'll just have Durant. So it kind of kind of makes that point moot again. Um, so so back so back to the Rockets. It's like I just can't get the Spurs series out of my head from last year, and I can't get like previous Suns versus Spurs series out of my head either uh, when D'Antoni was the coach. Where I watch him, where I watch the D'Antoni team deliver an amazing first two shots. You know, like if it's a boxing match, it's like they dominate the first two rounds. And then the Spurs go through like and they finally find a couple adjustments that slow them down a little bit and wear them down. And then they go deeper into their playbook and the D'Antoni team is still just on, you know, page one going through plan a because there's no layers to what they do they get the when the spurs lose they get overwhelmed right like athletically like to okc they get overwhelmed uh kd like the talent gap just became too great i don't know if that's the case with the rockets um it's just you've got harden you've got chris paul but then the rest of the guys it's like whoa they're really good role players but it's not it's not a massive talent upgrade like you're saying and 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 then you can't really rely on them past yeah. past that first part, and it's, then then it becomes. Like tough. No, I still think Houston wins, though. To to be fair, I don't know. I, I mean, I think I think if the Spurs are fully healthy, I would take them over Houston. Like at this point, the Spurs are still in preseason mode. Kawhi is not playing any back to backs. He has not played thirty minutes. Um, that's kind of a big deal, right? Uh, they're they're everyone's on minutes limits. They're I don't even think they're gonna take anyone off minutes limits till the All Star break. And quite frankly, if they can roll wins the way they are now, what what's what's the point, right? That's the other part of it with the Rockets. Uh, you're talking about Plan A, Plan B. They don't seem to have a plan at all for limiting uh, injuries, uh, restricting minutes. It's hey, run these guys out there. Let D'Antoni try to win as much, many games as possible. And then all of a sudden you've got James Harden who's going to be out a month and Chris Paul who's blowing past his minutes limit in an overtime well, game it's against just, the that's, Lakers. That's D'Antoni. Like, everyone, everyone rips Tibbs for it, but like D'Antoni is the same offender. 
Like, <laughs> remember Kobe getting hurt? Kobe was playing like 45 minutes a game at the end, of, right before he tore his Achilles. And like at his yeah. age, that was that was absurd, right? And those Suns teams, they, I mean, grand people were less conscious of minutes back then, but he's never really been the guy to have a 12-man rotation or to do any of that stuff. So it, it's it's a concern. And the Rockets seem very kind of obsessed with like proving certain yeah. points like Harden wants an MVP and I don't blame him in any way, but like he's going to kill himself again or he, I mean, he, he, well, he's hurt now and that actually might be a blessing in disguise. Um, it might force them to like dial back his minutes just purely like, so he doesn't re-aggravate himself and then maybe he has legs in the playoffs. Yeah, I think D'Antoni's a little unlucky too, though, just with injuries, with the suspension uh, when he was, you know, coaching the Suns, and then now. I mean, they're clearly if the Warriors aren't the Warriors. Uh, but a lot of D'Antoni's um, brilliance it, during the early Suns years was because he was the first one doing that with high level talent. Like I think the rest of the league somewhat caught up to those concepts. Yeah, but I mean, he's, they still should have had a chance at the championship there. You know, he should have okay. had one. And it's like now they would definitely be there as a true contender um, if it wasn't for Durant. Or, I mean, I also you know, would trust so. I trust Steve Nash improvising with the ball when plays break down much more than I trust uh, Harden. <laughs> yeah, so, boy. Even though Harden, yeah. Harden is a better player than Nash was. Like Harden just has a lot more gifts than Nash did. But just watching him, like that Boston game a week or so ago, maybe less than a week ago, just the way he went about just shooting, taking those shots late and just kind of like, you know, making the ball valuable, making a possession valuable. You know, a two for one, people say it's a free shot, but at the same time, it's not a free shot when it's down to the end of the game uh, when you're up by six and things aren't going necessarily your way. And he's just still doing the same crap, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah, so like um, not to talk baseball, but like I'm an A's fan. I grew up on those Moneyball A's. And like it is the same concept. Like statistically, you can prove what Houston is doing no different than what the Oakland A's did is the best thing over a a large sample. But situational basketball or situational baseball uh, dictates sometimes you have to think, you know, you you can't just play the odds. You have to kind of play the situation. And that's kind of where they're always lacking. I don't know. I watch the A's just like try to draw walks and do stuff in like crucial situations (laughs) and lose playoff games to teams they shouldn't for years. So maybe I'm a little skeptical or zealot about it. Yeah. Oh, definitely scarred. But there's there's a layer of like, yes, you need to be smart and play the odds, but you also have to consider situation. You know, like who was really good, you know, in the clutch and, you know, putting a perfect blend between. Uh, you know, the human aspect and stats was, you know, the Giants that won three championships in a row, you know, they just they didn't use the stats <laughs> at all. Let's be real. They did. They did. They did. They used parts of it. Um, they weren't fully for it, but there were pieces after they won the titles where they embellished little and, and they took they took that into account. I mean, they were they were a contact hitting team. Um, they put it in play. They weren't a strikeout team, um, things like that. So, you know, it adds up. Just go away. <laughs> Three of them. Three of them. All right. All right. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I just, like I said, I, I'm probably, you're, scared. Yeah, you're, I'm, you're, you're tough on the rock. I'm probably man. scarred by cynicism about them. They should get to the Western conference finals. But part of me just feels like, man, 
let them run into a health because they didn't lose. They lost to an unhealthy Spurs squad. So you can say they have Chris Paul now, but the Spurs didn't have Kawhi Leonard when they destroyed him. You know? So I don't know. I feel like I could be wrong, but I I think the Spurs are probably going to start peaking in March and everyone's going to, you know, do their, Oh, the Spurs are back. They never go away. And, um, I, I do think that'll be, it's, it's not a given we're going to see Warriors Rockets. No, no, I, I will say the, maybe my, my last point on the game, um, the gear, the extra gear that the Warriors have, I think both defensively and offensively, the way they can lock in on offense, making the right passes and having everyone touch the ball from Steph to Looney. And then defensively where they just have guys that can get a stop. Draymond Green can just get a stop himself. Um, you've got Andre Iguodala. You've got guys that just don't make mistakes uh, on rotations when needed, right? They can do it for five minutes. Um, and the Rockets don't have that. They don't really have the personnel right now he- either. Mba Mute is injured. Um, but really, they just don't have that type of um, system or accountability uh, for that. And I think the Warriors do to where it only takes that those five minutes to where the Warriors, you know, flipped it to a 10-point lead, and that was the end of the game. Here's, and, the here, and here's my thing. when If the Rockets do go to their lineup that can defend the best, that means Tucker and Mba Mute are in there. Um, and they are both really good defenders, right? And so maybe they can kind of brawl a little bit defensively, but all of a sudden you get to the other side of the ball and it just goes to isolation or high pick and roll yep. and guys are going to just leave Tucker and Mbamute and like, you know, send a double at Harden or Chris Paul and then dare them to make a pass to Tucker and see if he can actually hit multiple shots in a row or if Harden can make a shot over two guys. So I, I don't know. It's not as... It's not as um, clear cut as some people think it is. That that's what uh that's that's the perfect point because in game one, uh, PG Tucker hit all the threes possible and they won that game. So if that's going to be if PG Tucker is going to turn to Clay Thompson from three, then yeah, you've got a series Warriors Rockets. But that's I mean teams not teams happen. do that to the Warriors where they just leave Draymond and Iguodala uh, in the play and, and rightfully so. Like you know if. If the choice is leaving Clay or Iguodala, I mean, what's the defense going to do, right? Let's but, talk about that. That's the next part. Let's talk about the Warriors bench. I mean, let's talk about the Warriors, that type of shooting in that bench. Oh, Yeah. Um, oh. How many air balls today for Iguodala? I think that was three, including one at the end. I mean, he's prone to go through some bad shooting spells, but it does feel like this one's worse than normal. Yeah. It's January now, <laughs> and he's still... I mean, he's, he's attacking he's got the, the rim. And he looks good, the, right? He's got the yeah. yips with his yeah. jump shot. Like yeah. I think, I think he's attacking the rim so much uh, because he's scared to shoot the ball. Like in the past, he he didn't want to attack the rim just to save his legs. Now he's just like, well, I got to do something. So it's it's and I mean, he, everything looks fine. Like physically, he looks fine. So that that's what you're scared of. Um, is your hey he's breaking down right? But no, he's still getting to the rim. He's still you know mentally yeah there physically in terms of he's lo- physically is looking he's looked good. as good as he's looked in the last three years. And for some reason, and with Iguodala, guys like Iguodala, and we talked about McCall, um, and even guys like Stephen they're, Clay, they're overthinkers. They're, Stephen that, Clay can shoot out of it. I don't know if he can. Yeah, Just no. not for a while. Well, well, Andre, I mean, so Andre is probably the smartest guy on the team. Um, he definitely thinks the game probably more than anyone, and he's prone to 
overthinking it. And you can tell he's clearly in his own head with his shot. So um, at this point, you know, I don't know that I'm that worried about it, but if he doesn't find something before the playoffs, it, it, it is a little bit of a worry. <laughs> 23.3% from three and uh, 60, 62%. Oops, sorry about that. 62% from the free throw line. Just um, I don't know if I'm that worried about it, I guess. Um, he's still got so much time. Um, and, and the fact that he's still able to move around is good because we've seen years where he's limping with ankles and hammies and things like that. So I think you kind of take the good with the bad. Uh, the fact that he's healthy now is good. But, yeah, it's ugly. Um, but then you've got Draymond on the other side. He is not really scared to shoot, and he's looked a lot better coming back from a shoulder injury. Passing, he's kind of back to his usual, I think. Yeah, I uh, think I think Draymond's, Draymond's just an inconsistent shooter. It just is who he is. Um, he'll – he's just as likely to make four out of five as he is to go over five, you know, like you can, you can break down his mechanics. It's, it's a little funky. Um, he doesn't take dumb threes in the sense of like, he'll t- he, he, he's not, he's not dribbling into contested threes. He, he takes them when it's passed to him wide open. He's like, I got to take this. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, that, but it, you just, I can live with that because he's not like, he doesn't get the yips with the shot the way that like uh, Iguodala does, right? Yeah, yeah, that and he's <laughs> he's someone that uh, I actually don't mind him shooting. I had had have had long arguments about this with with people that cover the team. It's just I don't mind him taking those shots because he just you have to. Right. And I've gotten annoyed that Kerr doesn't want him to take those shots. Kerr's actually haven't hasn't said anything, at least from what we've seen this year. But um, just shoot him. Actually, if he stops shooting them because people tell him not to, that's when he gets in his own head. Yep. But like if Draymond's playing his game, you know, he, he can go, he can have a, like a two for 11 night where he, he's like over five from three or something, but it's not a big deal because he'll be fine the next game. Um, but if he's starting to think about it and refusing to put up shots, uh, not only does it like kind of ruin the whole offense, it it gets him thinking too much about everything else. Yeah, he's had he had the issue. Remember when Luke Walton uh, was subbing in, and then Kerr came back, and that that was the issue, um, and that was the source of a little discontent um, during that during that 2016 season. So, um, but I mean, for now he looks great. Um, and he's someone that he, he's as smart as ever. I think uh, we did, uh, one of the plays I want to point out is that screen that he set for Steph Curry at the end of the uh, Mavericks game was that was vintage, right? That was Draymond realizing that in real time at the end of the game coming up. I think Durant was nearing trying to set that screen, but Durant's not someone that sets screen. So he wasn't there. Draymond said, fuck it. I'm just going to get there. He gets there, sets a high, super, super high screen, gets Curry wide open, nails the game winning three. So that's like vintage high IQ play that really nobody cares about, uh, but something that ends up in a winning play. Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on draft are 80% better? 80% better? Like a Steph three. That's why Draft is my favorite sports site. No more getting crushed by the pros. And it's not just me. More than 1 million people that have already downloaded Draft 2. Play in a real live Draft site right now. Be done under five minutes and get paid out the next day. 
Drafts are filling every second, so you can join one whenever you want. And Andy is not exaggerating when he says in five minutes. I was skeptical. I signed up, got got the draft done in about five minutes, and boom, my lineup was set for that night, and I ended up winning some money. So you guys should definitely do it. Code hard cash. So all new players, for you guys that are joining, all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use me and Sam's promo code, LIGHTYEARS. That's right, play in a real money draft for free just by using our promo code light years but it gets even better draft is so sure that you guys will love it that they're even offering light years pot listeners a money back guaranteed up to a hundred dollars it's basically free money enter the code light years they're guaranteeing you up to a hundred dollars so but your first few plays are going to be free and if you win you get to pocket that money what, what do you guys have to lose so just go search draft to your app store go to draft.com and come play free right now with light years promo code light years yeah so what'd you think about them playing without kd because i think it's kind of fun because like those <laughs> those three no like they, they they just look like it looks like the Warriors before KD but even better because they've done it so many games together and like obviously people won't harp on it but Clay is a better player than he was two years ago Draymond's a better player than he was two years ago Steph is probably at his peak he, he, I won't say he's better than he was two years ago but he's not worse than he was yeah, yeah. so it's it's just you know it if they never got KD which you know, they, they should, have, you know, you get KD 10 times out of 10. This is kind of what it would have been like. So it's kind of fun to see it from that sense. And then also just one less mouth to feed in terms of the ball, which means just more, more possessions and yep. rhythm. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's it. It is though. They lack a margin for error because if Steph had missed a month or had missed three weeks, they'd probably go a little bit under 500, I think, if not worse. So oh, definitely. And, there, then, the, and then the other part is like, you know everything they had to give up to get KD. The defense was a lot worse without KD tonight. There's no way around it. Like they miss KD on defense way more than they miss That's him on crazy. offense. That's um, crazy. I think the Rockets were seventy or eighty percent on twos in the first half, and like they probably finished above sixty percent. Like they got to the rim whenever the you know, they anytime they got to the rim, they finished just because. There was, there's no weak side help. There's no, you know, I mean, Zaza's not blocking shots. David West isn't really blocking. No, actually, he's kind of blocking a lot of shots this year for some reason. But anyway, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like, they, they clearly missed that KD factor on defense. Yeah. Yeah. So, how long does KD need to be out here uh, before Steph gets back in the MVP conversation without Eastman playing? <laughs> I don't even know that it matters. I think, um, well, first off, I think LeBron's going to win it. Yeah, me too. Um, but, I mean, Steph's making a case for himself. It's it's hard to argue with. I don't know. He's he's not going to get it, but he's. <laughs> we we should just enjoy the play. He's 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 looked like MVP Steph since he's come back. I mean, he's really looked like it all year. If, if we're being honest, it's just easy to forget about it because he was gone for about a month. Am I tripping, or does he look physically just quicker and more confident than he was the entire last season, regular season? Oh, 100%. Part of it is um, just kind of knowing how to play off of everyone on the team a little better. Like, he was 
we don't need to rehash it, but like he yeah. was overpassing with KD and yeah. like not doing certain things. So now he's just he's cutting with purpose and doing. He's just not thinking about it. It's like, oh, do, I shouldn't yeah. take this shot because you know I need to pass it to someone else. He's just playing his game. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest difference. That's like what fans like me, you want to see from him, right? It's like no matter how great someone like Kevin Durant is that joins the team, you still want the best offensive player on the team to be able to play like he always has. The guy that got you this far in the first place. So it seems like he's getting there. That's why when me and you before the season was saying like, you know, this might be the Warriors team that's going to be the best ever. And it's not because they uh, had have more you know, it's not because they added Omri Caspi or Nick Young. It's because they have those, another. Those, uh, those Caspi cuts have been pretty nice. <laughs> He's got to shoot some fucking threes. That's that we'll talk about that later. But um, it's because Steph and KD know how to play with each other, and they're playing not like people that are dancing around, uh, like kind of just like pussyfooting around. But it's like they're actually playing forceful basketball. Yeah, um, and, it, and it's not surprising. Look at every time you've seen two stars team together, like. Wade and LeBron year one versus year three was a vastly different thing. You know, LeBron and Kyrie even same thing, you know, or you could go to even like Kobe and Pau Gasol. Like it was clunky until they like figured out how to do stuff. So it's just, it's, it's a collaborative sport. It's a collaborative. (laughs) The more you play with someone, particularly if you're kind of, if you like to move the ball and, um, kind of pass and cut the the more you do it the more natural it becomes the less you think the quicker you do stuff the easier it is so Steph isn't declining he isn't he is a point guard he is part of a collaborative team effort and uh, this brings us all the way to uh, LeBron James I think the guy that he's beat once lost to once and that's where he's found all his haters um uh, he's found number one it's lebron james and he's got isaiah thomas back we've got to talk about that for a little bit right they looked well they lost to your team they got blown up by your team the day my after team. but uh but, but it didn't i didn't i didn't play didn't play he no. didn't play they want to back kevin love got hurt you know i'm a Cavs guy now so when we're talking about you know the oh, the, the boston celtics so you know kevin love got hurt and and you know lebron wasn't trying so no but really lebron that that team looked offensively unstoppable though uh, i rewatched that game uh that isaiah came back and and i mean that's the team that's the team with Kyrie, right that's you know, the, the same same thing the same thing problem. that looked amazing to me was was wade in that game i thought wade like the way he just he was Cash able to cuts. function with both of them like yeah it's like all the stuff he refused to do in Miami and Chicago the last like year and a half where you're like, dude, you don't need to like dominate the ball and make, you know, Gordon Dragic go stand in the corner. Like just play your game the way you used to with LeBron and it'll all work out. But he's, he's doing that now. And like when he does that, he's, yeah, he's, he's one of the best cutters in the NBA and obviously just one of the smarter players you'll see. Right. I mean, he's got the greatest fake ever, too. It just keeps yeah. swindling people. But <laughs> yeah, I just think I just think there's too much offense now when we're talking about how they stack up. I know you want to talk about uh, a little bit in terms of stacking up against the rest of the Eastern Conference and who the Warriors may or may not face. Um, I think that solidifies it because it's not like Isaiah Thomas is going to get physically worse. I mean, unless he unless he does, then, but you like to think this is as bad as it gets. So let's say he gets healthier and he he plays even better on offense. This is a team that, I mean, the Warriors can't guard them, I would, I would think, in the finals. 
Like they're there. It's going to be like a similar one to last season. Maybe, maybe a little worse, but they're an unguardable team with the amount of shooters that they have. It's just that they don't play defense, but in the Eastern conference against teams like Boston, that can't score or Washington, uh, Toronto, it, it just won't matter. Um, well, so I, think- I do think two things. One, I, IT looked great, but IT played 17 minutes, 16 minutes, something like that. Um, wait till the minutes extend out a little more and you'll see a little of the, there's bound to be some, some clunkiness with LeBron. Like he, he probably played five, maybe eight minutes with LeBron in that game. You know what I mean? Like it's going to, it's going to take them a little time. So like we, we saw what they could do, but I, I don't know that it'll reach that consistent level as quickly as you you think. Yeah, I, I think maybe just good enough to to take care of of that conference. So, um, and he's also someone that doesn't care about shooting. Like he's not going to be like, hey, maybe LeBron uh, should take. The but shot he is here. kind he's of kinda... a, he is kind of a player who wants the ball in his hands. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying he can't play off ball. Like he can shoot. He can. Ever he's more than capable, but he hasn't to date really been an off ball player. Like when he was the sixth man, obviously he comes in ball in his hands, let him cook. And then in Boston, uh, I, I mean, who, who the hell was he deferring to Jay Crowder, you know? So like the ball was in his hands. Um, it's not going to be that much once he starts starting and like a it, it little more in rhythm. So I do think there'll be some growing pains there. And I do wonder like, it's one thing to have those growing pains in the early part of the year. It's another, like they have 50, 40 to 50 games. Like, I guess that's probably enough just because when you have LeBron James, like everything, you know, that, that covers a lot of flaws, but, um, it might not be. Yeah. In that, in that conference, it won't matter. (laughs) Um, do we think, uh, any team, uh, can get there though? I mean, do you think Toronto, uh, Washington, they're going to get Hayward back. Going to be like Willis Reed. Kyrie going to go nuts. Gonna You're not going to give Bradley Beal a shout out? I mean, I've been watching too many Washington games. I really don't know why. But, uh, okay, Bradley, actually, I, Bradley Beal is one of my favorite players. Fantastic. Not on the war. Just, he, could, he could be a warrior. But uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, Washington, I'm like, just, just show me something one of these days. Yeah, yeah that's fair. So we something could, like they they win one big game and then they lose three in a row, you know. That's fair. Well, we'll go through to end to end the uh, to end this part. We'll go through New Year's resolutions. We're we're a little bit late, but we're going to go through as much as we can. Um, you want to go first? All right. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna pick random people in the NBA and give them New Year's resolutions. So I'm gonna start with Omri Caspi. Omri, you've you've been a better addition to the Warriors than like. I expected. Um, I was expecting to be a little annoyed with Omri getting too many minutes, uh, but he's been very productive. But but shoot some threes. The, the Omri is the quintessential Kerr player. Like he's obsessed with cutting, and he's very good at cutting. But I think he's taken seventeen threes on the year. He's made nine of them, fifty two percent. Should probably take more threes. Uh, particularly in the second unit, devoid of shooting. Like he doesn't need to just look for a cut every time. Like if they're not guarding you, just take the take the open three, Omri. How no many threes no did you say? Seventeen. Oh my! 
the least so the least by on a per minute per possession basis of his career by like a long shot. Like so on the one hand, every team who's had Omri's kind of tried to make him into a three and D type guy. Like they're just like, and that's not really who he is. You know, he kind of wants to play more of the cutting game and um, kind of, you know, he's fitting into the Warriors perfectly, but he, he has to find that balance between like, you know, cutting and everything. and like, take some open jumpers, you know, like you get the ball and on the perimeter, don't just look to pass it. Like if they're, if they're five feet off of you, shoot the ball. Yeah, if we could fuse Swaggy P and Omri together off the bench, that'd be perfect. Um, if we could fuse the two of them off the. If we could fuse the two of them, they'd be getting like fifteen million a year. So yeah, that's true. That, that is true. Um, my New Year's resolutions. If anybody follows me on Twitter, they'll, they'll know where I'm going with this. It's your favorite team's media, um, the Boston media. No matter what Boston does on or off the court, they find ways to twist it to where Boston is either one, the victim in the case of Isaiah Thomas getting trade or getting traded. And then Isaiah Thomas saying that, Hey, like I'm still butthurt by this. Somehow they're the victim or two after they beat a Cavs team off the back to back with two key guys missing that they are now somehow uh, the favorites or the number one contender and should be able to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. No matter what happens, it just seems to be that, the Boston Celtics are the one uh, that's going to, you know, win a championship or is morally and culturally the, just the right way to do things. Um, it just, to me, it doesn't make any sense unless you're someone like the war, unless you're the warriors where you can essentially do no wrong because you are the best team and you do have a great culture, right? As far as I know, Boston hasn't won a title uh, uh, since, you know, Garnett, right? Since that big three or big four or whatever. And they don't, I mean, Brad Stevens is great, one of the best coaches in the league, but there's no culture that we can speak of yet, right? It's still only a couple years in. So you can't just start manufacturing things to make this team make this team and franchise seem better than they are. I guess that's just simmer it down for a little bit. Give it a little time because I actually do like Boston. I actually do enjoy watching them. Um, enjoy watching Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward, please come back quick. But man... Just give it a rest for maybe this year, right? Before, you know, when LeBron leaves next year, maybe when they get to the NBA Finals, then it's then that would be awesome. It's just, it's too much. It's too much right now for a team that's really fun and watchable. They make it not that way. Um, now. See, I just ignore it and I just double down <laughs> on it uh, because I do, you do enjoy ignore it. You do ignore it. You don't mind it. Yeah, I just, I just like watching them play. I think they're interesting. I think they're a fun team to watch. Um, and watching everyone get like offended by them, um, kind of makes me like it more. Like it's just the inner troll in me coming out. I, I, I don't know how else to put it. It's it's me. It's me to a T. So, okay, oh, oh, you got one. Another one. You got one more. Or you got another one you can roll with. All right, we're gonna go uh, Luke Walton. <laughs> oh God, Luke. You'll always be you'll always be a warrior. So, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll ride or die with you. Now, <laughs> uh, just I want Luke to out the Lakers situation. He won't do it, but I want him to out what's going on there publicly because I'm watching them. I'm seeing 
you know, the, the dude with the ankle bracelet get allowed to do whatever he wants, but like everyone else in the rotation being held to higher standards. And it's just blatantly clear it's because, you know, he has a certain agent who represents a certain LeBron James. Um, you know, it's it's like, dude, their their GM and president are basically saying like, oh, we're gonna we got Mac cap we got Max cap space, and then everyone's like, no, you don't. The only way of Max cap space is if you like cut four dudes, and meanwhile, those four dudes are on the team, and people want to wonder why like Luke's struggling to coach them because they know that like they're gonna be traded regardless. I just want him to out the whole situation and give his honest thoughts on it. Because in my opinion, it's very dysfunctional and it's, it's very, um, it's, he's, he's being set up to be a fall guy yeah, and that's not fair. I don't know if he's a good head coach. I, I know he was a good assistant coach and know he's a player's guy, uh, but I don't like seeing a guy who basically it, he's taken the bullet repeatedly for everyone else. Like when does Luke throw someone under the bus? Never. He just takes the bullet and you can see the tides of the media turning on him that like all of a sudden it's like, Oh, actually it's his fault that they're not winning. When I, you know, I just, I just want some, I just want the truth to come out. Yeah. I mean, what's he supposed to do? You know what I mean? Like what's he supposed to do on the floor? Like, great. He can play maybe Boga a little less or he can play Randall five and he goes out and plays Randall the five and they keep losing. Everyone knows they want to dump Clarkson and Randall and his rotations somewhat reflect that. Like he's clearly been told they're not part of the future and people wonder why their effort is erratic and like the, the rotations are erratic I don't know. I think it's pretty obvious. You talk to people around it, it, it you get similar stories. Um, I just want the truth to come out. That's I don't fair. like. I don't like seeing a nice guy be beat up for no reason. <laughs> yeah, and he is. And although I, I will say, I don't think he's that good of a coach. But that's neither. That doesn't really matter in this particular situation. Well, and that's the other part of it. It's like the expectations are unrealistic to the roster. Like. His his star point guard shooting thirty two percent on the season. His star point guard is like nineteen or twenty. He yep. looks he looks fine for a nineteen or twenty year old, but that doesn't translate to wins when you have to play Curry, Chris Paul, Westbrook, Damian Lillard. Like I just go down the list of guards. You know, I'd be losing you there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll go with one. I'll, I'll do the Warriors. Um, so he's doing one too. Uh, I want some for this year. I want some drama. From the Warriors, and it doesn't have to be something that's like, you know, wild. It doesn't have to be something that's going to blow the team up, but it's just too happy. And if you're someone, and I've been covering the team, I'm not like I don't do, I'm not on the road, and I'm not like talking to players one on one, like buddy buddy all the time. But you know, there are things that you hear, and in the past couple past couple years, there have been things that you know can bubble to the surface that you're like, you know, like all of this could come crashing down, or there could be something happening there, or this could be worse at a certain point, and all this could get really interesting, right? None of that is happening nowadays, right? Um, I've heard literally nothing in the in the last year. Maybe a little bit last year, but uh, there's nothing. You want, that you want Omri? Can... You want Omri to tell people he needs to feed his family and he needs to. Be I paid? just <laughs> anything. Steph Steph was saying to Marcus Thompson yesterday, and it was on the Athletic. He was like, "Hey, like you're just fishing for a story, right? In regards to the shooting percentage and his finger and things like that." And it's like, yeah, 
Yeah, if you ask me that, absolutely. Because there's nothing that the Warriors are doing now that is particularly interesting to talk about, like off the court, right? Or something that's like Draymond Green did this, right? When was the last time Draymond Green did something off? about like two years ago right when was the last time he he was you know riding riding you know stationary bikes in the sauna shout out ethan um right there's just none of that happening uh now or maybe it's not reported right maybe we need some other guys in there that are covering the team that either but i just not, not that i've heard so i need something i need like clay thompson yeah clay, uh, get get Lacob's daughter pregnant it, that's, I, I don't <laughs> think like has a daughter but um so, so that's fine yeah so we're good <laughs> So you, yeah, no, that's what you're, I'm saying. You're that's tired, exactly you're my tired of them being Spursy. Stop being the Spurs. You know, Kerr's, Kerr's, that's, that's Kerr's winning the battle. They wanted to be the Showtime Lakers with drama, and Kerr's like, <laughs> no, you're gonna be the Spurs. And that's a perfect and we were all comparison. Ho- we were all hoping, no, we want we want the drama. We want we want you know, um, that's magic. You know, we for. want Steph getting coaches fired. We want all sorts of stuff. You know, I want some whisperings of Steph. You know, about back going you know why why doesn't curb play pick and roll more i want some of that give me some sauce give me some why, spicy. why do i yeah. always got to set screens for kd but you never <laughs> set screens for me yeah <laughs> why doesn't kd set screens you know why why would he set screens he's got to slip every time tell the tell the dude to to actually stand and stay there right you know why why is you know i want clay to come up you know clay and just be like yo why is why is draymond always yelling at me on defense you know like like what's going on here now i want i want that to happen it's not going to happen this season might not happen next season or the season after that but I, I need me some drama because it sounds like from now here until the end of the season we're going to be talking about how great the warriors are and and how much the rockets are going to choke uh come the second round of the playoffs so give me something yeah they are kind of boring i mean their games no their games are not boring but uh yeah, yeah. i could use a little you know maybe, maybe livingston can can go behind the coach's back and say like, I should be starting like Mark Jackson used to do um, something. Oh yeah. Mark Jackson had some good ones, but uh, oh, that's actually, I'll close uh, with that. There's a famous story. Um, so Mark Jackson at the end of his career was a backup point guard in Utah when John Stockton was there. They were both in their late thirties. Um, maybe Mark Jackson was like a couple years younger and Mark Jackson in the locker room started campaigning saying like, man, if I was starting, you'd get a lot more shots. You know, like he, he'd like, he'd be like, man, Carl, I could get you the ball in the post much quicker than John. And he started like, just started like a little locker room mutiny that like he should be the starting point guard to the point where Utah just got rid of him because, you know, Stockton had been there like 18 years at that point. We need some of that. I need someone someone to come in here and be like, yo, man, I got Steph's gravity and I can make better passes. (laughs) And you consider what you and you want to know why like Mark Jackson wasn't hired. It's it's not because he was a bad coach. He wasn't a great coach, but he was a decent coach. It's it's the stuff that he does off the court, even when he was on the Warriors, especially when he was on the Warriors that people just don't really fuck with. So, um, (laughs) all right. We're we're done. We're done here. We're gonna be back. The Warriors have, you know, they got the Clippers, Nuggets, and Clippers again before we jump back on. So, and then we'll we'll get a pot in at the end of next week. Um, before actually a pretty fun road trip. We get Milwaukee, we get Cleveland. Um, oh, forgetting yeah. someone in there. I think Chicago. Toronto. Actually. Toronto and Houston and Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's a good one. But Milwaukee and Cleveland is definitely a nice little weekend series.